things are so much more relaxed. You know, I don't have to wake my kids up with an alarm. Nobody sets an alarm and our, you know, Ryan doesn't set an alarm. We wake up when we're rested. Are you an RV person or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24 seven? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White and I travel full time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today and welcome to a hug for your soul with this episode. Let me tell you what, Tiffany McCone, I think I'm pronouncing her last name right, is one of those like, just soulful, one of the most soulful people I've had on the podcast. And she really went deep on a lot of topics. And I just felt like she was such a sweet, kind, generous soul to open her life up to us. I mean, she talks about, you know, going from not wanting to be a mom to having four kids and shares that whole journey because you know what? This is a podcast for women and it's girl talk time. Okay. We talk about that kind of stuff. And she talks about some health struggles she's had over the years and how she's overcome them from changing her diet and lifestyle. Uh, amazing. Uh, she shares openly about her faith journey and like, some miraculous moments she's had in her life that have kind of like brought her to where she is today. And I have to tell you, this is the first podcast where I have cried (laughs) from the story that a guest told. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it, pull myself back together to keep the interview going. I'm not kidding. She tells some really powerful stories. I love this conversation. I think you will too. Let's get into it. But wait, before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you guys know about the RV Queens holiday gift guide that just released. If you want to give intentional gifts this holiday season and support fellow RV women and get discounts on super cool products, this is the gift guide for you. Head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash gift guide and check it out today. All right. Now let's get into the conversation for real this time. Hello, Tiffany, and welcome to the RV Hello. Queens podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Where are you guys right now? We are in Quartzsite, Arizona, which is supposedly the boondocking capital of the world. Uh, and there is a lot of boondocking, but there's no Walmart or anything like that. So it's all these little bitty stores. Uh, but it is pretty cool. It's not very full yet. Um, so we'll see when it does fill up as the winter goes on. So are you staying there for the winter then? We are going to bounce around Southern California and Arizona. So we'll be back. Um, but we're just here for a little while. Do you guys do a lot of boondocking? Like, do you have all the solar and all the stuff? We do. Okay. So we've been on the road officially since this month for three years. We did not start boondocking until this summer and it has opened up so many doors and we have just absolutely loved it. It has 
I don't know, it's like opened up our exploring so much yeah. because we can just go anywhere. Yeah. So we have Go Power Solar and Lion Energy batteries and they work well. I don't know how, but they work well. <laughs> and um, Ryan does all that stuff. And so we just can go anywhere. And we have a 42 foot motorhome. Um, and we have pretty big tanks. So even with the six of us, we can go, we have discovered so far 11 days and we might be able to push it even longer than that. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is a lot. How big are those tanks? I mean, that's, that's a lot. I don't know. I think something is a hundred gallons, something 75. Wow. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that's it. That sounds big. Yeah. I think ours are like 40. I don't know. This, these are things that I'm like, the details, the yeah. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We make it happen. Back to you and your family when you started. I was actually curious about this. So you've been on the road now for three years, but I don't know the story of your life before RVing. Like, what's, what was Tiffany up to back when you guys lived in a house and before RV stuff? In 2018, we decided to become Disney pass holders and we lived in Indiana and we went probably five or six times. So Ryan traveled for work and he was gone every single week. But because of that, we had airline points and hotel points and all those things. So we bought Disney passes when our twins were only two. So they were free and Bryson was still free. And so we only had to pay for the older kid and me and Ryan. And so we went like five or six times in that one year. We were on one of our trips down in Florida and Bryson said, I want to live here so I can ride Slinky Dog Dash any day I want and go to the beach. And we were from Indiana, so no beaches there. And so Ryan was like, he sent it to his boss and said, you know, if Florida ever opens up and his boss said, well, be careful what you ask for. So we got back from our trip and a week later, Ryan comes out of his office and he's like, Tiff, you're never going to believe this. The territory of Florida is open. And we were like, oh my goodness. So, um, he sent his boss a text and was like, what do I need to do? So uh, we prayed about it. He applied for it and ended up getting it. And our hope was because Ryan traveled so much, he had like 11 or 12 states when we lived in the Midwest. And so he was gone every single week and flying all over. And so we were hoping because Florida was just Florida and Puerto Rico. So we were hoping that because it was a smaller territory that he could be at home a lot more. Um, and he was, but he wasn't. I'll get to that in a second. So we ended up, um, he traveled from Indiana to Florida every week from October until December when we sold our home and got everything all situated. And so then in the beginning of 2019 is when we lived in Orlando, Florida, and we had the most gorgeous house. We had um, an in-laws suite with its separate opening so that um, we could have anyone come and stay with us like a little hotel. We had this gorgeous gorgeous resort style pool with a waterfall and a Mickey shaped um, hot tub and a splash pad. And I mean, like absolute gorgeous. Like every day I would thank God and be like, how do I get this house? Thank you God for this house. So we only lived there for like 18 months. When we moved there, Ryan still traveled for work and he was home. Yes. But he would do things like he would go to Jacksonville and then he would come home and then he was home at seven or eight o'clock at night. And then he'd leave at seven o'clock in the morning to drive down to Miami. So was he home more? Yes, but not really. Um, and it was hard. In 2018, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and I was actually diagnosed with arthritis like, oh man, way before that even. Um, 
and I have been in and out of the hospital a lot in my life. Um, when Brayden turned one, who's now 14, um, I all of a sudden started having issues with foods and I just couldn't eat anything. And I got so sick and lost a whole bunch of weight because I couldn't eat anything and ended up in the hospital and long story, but I was very ill for a long time. Ryan traveled a lot. And I remember coming into the bedroom and he was watching about travel leisure vans. And I was like, what are you doing? I just put the kids to bed and I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I don't know, you know, like when we retire one day, I think this would be cool. And he's six, five. And he's like, and I can fit in these. And then it's just a little van and we could go wherever. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so, uh, I was a little bit annoyed and I was like, can you watch something else? You know, <laughs> like I haven't seen you all week. Yeah. And so, um, that kind of snowballed. And then all of a sudden he was like, Tiff, what if we just like rented an RV or just not rented Tiff? What if we just bought an RV and we traveled the cut, you know, like Florida and you guys could go with me when I go to a meeting in Miami and, you know, stay there and then we'll come back and maybe we'll do it once a month or something. And I was like, Hmm, yeah, maybe that might work. You know, he started getting into it and he saw that there was a community and he, we both craved that community because we'd move a thousand, we had moved a thousand miles away from all of our family and friends and we didn't know anyone. So we're starting fresh. And so he's like, I see that there's a community here. Like, what if we did that? And so we started toying around with different ideas and, you know, different things. Um, and then his grandpa died in February and we drove up to Indiana for the funeral. And on the way to Indiana, we were counting RVs that we saw on the road. So something had sparked, you know, like in that time to like even be interested in all the RVs we were seeing. So then that was 2020. And so COVID happened when we got back, you know, everything was shut down. And so for the first time in like eight years, Ryan was home and not traveling. And so we were like, oh, this is nice. So we had a good marriage, but like, we were like, oh, well, we kind of like being together, you know? And so we were like, okay, so what can we do to change this so that we don't have to go back to you working all the time and being gone? It was probably like May of... I think I'm getting my dates confused. I think it was May of 2019 is when we decided, well, let's just see. So we called our realtor who was a friend of our church at our church. And we said, okay, like, just tell us. Cause when we bought our dream home, we bought it at the top of the market in our housing edition, but we weren't going to go anywhere. It didn't matter. We were 30 minutes from Disney. You know, I had this amazing pool, you know, like I didn't need, I actually had a yard with a pool, like more than enough bedrooms, didn't need anything else. So we didn't care. We went from there to living with Ryan's parents for six weeks. <laughs> wow. Which was a lot. We got a five by 10 storage unit and put all the keepable things that we wanted to in Florida in that. And then we packed up our minivan with the four kids and the dog and drove 17 hours to Indiana and stayed with his parents for six weeks while we looked for our Discovery 40G, which we have now, because we really liked this layout and wanted to, you know, search for this particular motorhome. Okay. I have to ask, what does your husband do for a living? He stayed at that one job, which was sales. Um, and he had worked there, I think five years. Um, 
and he stayed there until February of 2021. And then he quit. So we, cause we approached his work and asked like, is this something that we could do? And we could bounce around Florida instead of you paying hotels, pay the campground. And they, his boss said yes. And HR said no, that it was an insurance liability and all of these things. And they'd have to go to legal and all of this stuff because it isn't technically a home, which you and I both know it's totally a home. And so long story short, we prayed about it and we were like, we just, we need to just let this go. And some changes had happened and he didn't want to be traveling and, you know, we wanted to be with this family. And so we're like, okay, we just need to let it go. So he actually took almost a whole entire year off and we lived off of savings and we left from Florida and went all the way up the, up to, um, uh, Washington and did the whole East coast or West coast and traveled all around that first year. And then he got a remote job, which is now sales still, but a different company kind of, uh, same he does security. So it's the same Avenue, but it's a different company. And his boss now is totally supportive and is like, Hey, if you're doing an Epic hike or you're someplace really cool, let me know. And we'll just mark you on the calendar that you're off that day. And you guys go do what you need to with your family. So huge, huge blessing and way different than what it was before. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, how your life has changed because you were with him traveling all the time and your homeschooling keeping up all the domestic stuff, stay at home mom, do, I mean, it's like a real job. It's not easy. So, and then, and then he's, you know, COVID hits, you guys are together all the time. What a huge change and kind of like a silver lining to that crazy year, right? <laughs> and then he was able to like take off work for a year. Um, what, I mean, I just can't imagine how your family just must have gelled so much more in that first year. We did. Yeah. We needed it because he traveled for eight years. And so I was a single mom and it was so hard, like flipping that switch. He would be gone. And then I would have to be, I had to be like super regimented because I had the twins when they were born, Bryson was only two. So I had three kids in diapers. It was like sink or swim. So I was very regimented and it was rough. And so then he would be gone. But then when he would come home, I'd have to like figure out how to let him back in to like help me parent. But like, and then it was odd for him too, you know, because he's used to like doing what he wants and, you know, out and whining, dining all these people in his company. And cause that's what you do in sales and, you know, all those things. We just evolved from that because in college, you know, he got a sales job and it just progressively got more, you know, he would travel once a quarter and then it was, you know, once a month. And so then it, he, after promotion and job change and stuff, he just, that was his job. So we just did it. We didn't know any different. Yeah. Isn't it funny how you evolve over the years together? You know, it's, uh, I love that about marriage. So you are one of these women that's like, you're just full of so much love and like, smiles and positivity. It's just like what, you know, I've, I've met you in person, not just on screen for the listeners to know. And it's just like, it feels like a hug for your heart when you get to talk with you. So you have like this strong, like maternal vibe to you, but you didn't always want kids, did you? So my mom is manic depressive and she's abusive. And I actually haven't talked to her in almost two years. I had to finally just kind of cut the relationship. She's very manipulative 
Um, and so not the mom that I wanted to be. So growing up, I'm the oldest of four and I took care of my, my siblings. I started to say my kids, I walked my sister down the aisle. Um, my brothers, when they were really little, cause we're 11 and 12 years apart, they called me mom because physically, mentally, my mom wasn't there. And then there were times physically she would just disappear and be gone for a few days here and there. Yeah. So I did not want kids at all. I was like, I've already raised three kids. I don't need any. Like, uh, so then, um, I met Ryan and I was pre-med. We met in college and I remember laying on the floor in my, um, dorm room and we were dating. And he said, Tiff, I don't want to marry a doctor. I want to marry somebody that is going to be around. And so I was like, okay. He's like, I'm not telling you to choose, but I'm just telling you that's what I would like. And I really felt like we were supposed to get married. Okay. And we, we, uh, hadn't dated terribly long. Our whole engagement was a, our whole time dating to getting married was a year, but I just knew that he was the one. So I changed to nursing. So we graduate college. I get a job of all places in labor and delivery, dealing with moms and babies. (laughs) So, which was amazing, has its bad days sometimes, but for the most part, it's really good. And for the first time, that's when I saw like true love and true relationship between a mom and their kids. Um, And then we kind of also got thrown into being working with the youth at our church and we became youth leaders, which was, we were like, I don't, I don't, okay, sure. (laughs) So we're, um, you know, helping all these teenagers and the youth pastor, him and his wife, um, she had a baby and then she was pregnant with another. And so for the first time I got to see again, that maternal instincts, she wore the baby, she, um, nursed, she, you know, like I never saw my mom do any of those like motherly, not that you have to nurse a baby to be motherly, but just that like, I don't know, like loving on them and, and caring for them. Yeah. My mom was always over here doing her thing and you weren't, you shouldn't bother her because you didn't know if she was going to scream at you and throw something or if she was going to cry. So we just, it was very disconnected. So we got pregnant pretty easily, had that first baby and oh my word, I was like, why didn't anyone tell me this was so hard? And I was calling up girlfriends that had babies and I was like, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you warn me that this was going to be rough, that I was going to be sleep deprived and hurting and, you know, nursing was a challenge and all of those things. And I had to go back to work. Um, We actually were pretty poor as, you know, newly married people. And so I had to go back to work at six weeks. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do was to leave that baby. So after that, I was like, I don't want to have any more like one, we're good. He's happy. He's healthy. Trying to trying to figure out a traveling husband schedule plus my twelve hour nursing schedule and a babysitter and because usually people don't want to keep the baby that long or that early. I mean, it was just it was hard. And so um, after that first kid, we were like, yeah, maybe we'll wait. Then I was in the hospital and I helped deliver a baby of a mom, and it was her second. And they were so excited and they were like, oh, we're so excited to have a second baby. And I was like, are you like, what do you think about that? Like, how are you going to love to and work it out? And she's like, it'll just all work out. And just the peace that they had about it. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe we could have a second one. Okay. I went home. I didn't say anything to Ryan. 
Okay. And then literally that night he was like, Tiff, maybe, I think maybe we should have a second baby. And my mouth hit the floor and I was like, (laughs) what? I just had the same thought today. Let me tell you about the sweetest patient ever that I had today at the hospital and helped her deliver her second baby and all this stuff. Bryson was a really, really hard pregnancy, which is surprising because I had twins after. Um, He actually, I was told at, um, was it 12 weeks? Not to expect him to live because I had a clot between the placenta and the uterus and it was huge. And they were like, he's, and I was bleeding and um, the doctors, two doctors said, don't expect him to live. So we believe in a bigger God than the doctors. And so we started praying and that was on Monday. On Wednesday, we went back and the clot, I have goosebumps all over. The clot was so small, the doctor could not find it on the ultrasound machine. Oh my gosh. So I was like, okay, God has a plan for this baby. We're supposed to have it. So for 12 weeks, I bled off and on and I had placenta previa, oh. like all kinds of complications. He's so stressful. Okay. Yes. I carried him all the way to 37 weeks. I delivered naturally and he came out crying with nine, 10 APGARs. He was absolutely perfect. So I have goosebumps all over. Like it was, it was amazing. It was such an answer to prayer and just, um, you know, that for the first time, that's when I really truly surrendered anything to God and like totally gave it over to him. It was the hardest thing I've ever done as far as I knew if I didn't get to hold this baby that I was going to see him in heaven. And so completely surrendering that desire, because as a mom, you have kids, as a mom, like you desire, you want that baby. We want them. We want to hold them and take care of them and have them. But I actually gave that baby to God, open hands and said, he's yours. He's not mine. You do what you want. If I get to see him this side of heaven, then praise you. I'm going to cry. If I don't get to see him this side of heaven, then I'll get to see him after but he's yours, God. He's not mine. He was like six weeks old and I wanted another one. <laughs> and Ryan was like, no, we have two. We're done. We're good. Cause it was, it was stressful oh for him too. Gosh, Cause he was traveling all the time. Yeah. And then I would call him and I'm like, my mother-in-law, your mom had to take me back to the hospital. I'm bleeding really bad again. You know, like it was, it was tough on him. Did you have to go back to work after the second one? I did, but I went PRN. We were better financially. And so I only got, so then I got to pick what shifts I worked and when, and it was different. It was, it was way better for a while. Bryson was probably like one or one and a half. And I really felt like I was supposed to have more. I didn't feel done and coming from the woman that didn't want any. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I started praying because I would tell Ryan that I wanted another one. And he would say, no, no, we're good. And he's only one of two. So he's like, there's one for you. There's one for me. We're good. And I was like, no, I just feel like this void in my heart. Like we're supposed to have more. So we actually started arguing about it. And so I was like, okay, I have to be quiet and I have to just let go and let God. So I just started praying and I was like, okay, God, either there were like two or three times that I thought that I was pregnant and I wasn't, and I was devastated. And so I was like, okay, God, you just have to either change his heart or change mine in this desire. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so strongly to have more kids? You know, why am I not content with just two? Not that I wasn't content, but you know what I mean? All of a sudden, one day out of the blue, he says, Tiff, I think we should have another baby. Again, my mouth hit the floor and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, I think we should have another baby. And I was like, okay, I didn't push it. And so then like the next month he says it again. 
And so then we try, we got pregnant first time, no fertility meds, nothing. I go to the doctor at seven weeks for my ultrasound and first appointment. And the ultrasound tech says, okay, here's baby number one. And I go, wait, what? And she goes, yeah. And here's baby number two. And I go, wait a minute, what? There's two? And she goes, yeah, you're having twins. Like I should know. And I go, wait a minute, there's twins in there? Yeah. And she goes, yeah, you're having two. Because I worked at the hospital in labor and delivery, I immediately get out my phone. I text my OB and I was like, get in here. She's telling me I'm having twins. You need to check this. (laughs) And so the doctor comes in and he's like, yep, Tiff, it's twins. I had a feeling, you know, you were going to have twins. I was like, why didn't you tell me that? And so I cried and Ryan laughed and now we have the party of six. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Tiffany, I know I've talked a lot of birth stories with women on this podcast and that's the first time I was like, when you were talking about your second baby, I was, I was, I didn't think I could keep it together. So that <laughs> is a powerful story. Wow. And also just like knowing your background with your mom and just how redemptive, you know, your journey as a mom has had to be for you. It's just, whew, it's really powerful. I totally believe that your past does not define you you decide who you want to be because I could easily choose to be like my mom. I could go down that slippery slope and be like her. Right. But I choose with all of my heart. And I did at a young age. I saw very early that she was not right. And so at a very young age, I did everything that I could to be exactly opposite of her. So your past doesn't define who you are. My pain doesn't define who I am. I mean, it's it's like having a victim mindset or having, you know, an, uh, exactly. an abundant, empowered, you know, <laughs> mindset. It's that's that's really powerful. Hey, friends, pardon the interruption. This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part? They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. I mean, you mentioned this before, something that not everyone knows about you is that you live with Crohn's disease and arthritis. Uh, My mom has, I grew up with a mom with arthritis too. I don't know a lot about Crohn's, but I've seen how painful it is just like as a daily, um, just daily, you know, just something that you deal with. So how, how would you say for people who don't know or have any experience with those illnesses, like How is your daily life different from others? So it's very important to keep moving. When I'm not moving, that's when I get more stiff. Um, So I try and work out or walk or hike or something every day. Uh, I really like working out, thankfully. Um, And then one of the ways that I control the pain is by eating a non-inflammatory diet. I have a very strict diet. So no milk, no gluten, all those things that cause inflammation in your body. And um, so I really keep those strict. Uh, But I will say um, with doing that, I did something called the autoimmune protocol diet. And that cuts out all the inflammatory foods. And it's really good because I didn't realize some of the foods were inflammatory, like pepper, 
you know, you sprinkle salt and pepper on your food. Um, but that can cause inflammation in your body. So I would, before we left our house in Orlando, I literally couldn't open a can. I couldn't open a water bottle. Um, I was crying, holding a pencil to color and draw with the kids. Um, I remember just bawling, trying to tape up boxes because I was in so much pain. Um, but because of following the strict diet and I think the less stress, a smaller home, all of us being able to be together, my husband always being home. Um, I actually got off of my, I was taking biologics, which is an immune suppressant drug that I would inject myself with twice a month. I got off of all of those things. And um, yes, so I haven't taken anything since February of 20, 2021, February of 2021. Oh, that and is amazing. Yes. So, uh, there is pain. Um, but knowing those things, knowing, okay, did I eat something that I shouldn't have? Um, there are different things that I can do. We do homeopathy and there are different things that you can do, which is like natural remedies. Um, you know, think like oils and that kind of stuff. I know that there are things that I can use to help with the pain and, um, exercising, even though exercising can hurt at the beginning, if you do have arthritis, I, I push on, um, like running a friend asked me, she's like, doesn't it hurt when you run? Cause she also has arthritis. And I said, yes, it does, but it hurts at the beginning. But if I keep pushing and I keep going on, and maybe that's part of who I am to that pushing forward, no matter how bad it hurts, then it's better. So, you know, that first half mile warming up and then once those joints get loose, then I'm fine. Is the diet that you have to eat, um, is it similar to paleo or what, you know, give us an idea of what kinds of foods you're eating. Yes. Uh, similar to paleo. I'm like a vegan paleo, except I can't have nuts. Nuts are very inflammatory and bad for people with, um, IBD. Yeah. I, I did a brief paleo cleanse. I think it was paleo. Like this was probably like three months ago. And it was surprising to me the things I could not have, such as yeah. coffee. Yes, um, no coffee. Potatoes. I have sweet potatoes, but I couldn't have the regular, like, whatever, gold or white potatoes. Russet. Um, What else was in there? Like beans, I think. Just stuff that I'm, I would think, I mean, this seems natural, but, um, yeah. you know, like, I can't believe this is... This is an inflammatory food. But then I will tell you by yeah. the end of that week, it was really hard for me, especially the coffee thing. By the end of that week, I was like, I got it. Like, I didn't realize how often I was, especially like waking up and I was just like, wow, I feel good. Like just getting out of bed. And before it was like, now that I, I'm not, I didn't stick with the paleo thing, but like, I, I have it in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like, I feel like, my, um, what does it feel like? You know, it's like when I feel like I have like too much salt or something, I wake up, I'm like, oh, I need some yoga. I'm like, it's, it's inflammatory. I'm sure like whatever I ate yesterday and like having processed food or, you know, too much coffee or whatever. Uh, it's crazy what it does to your body. And I don't, I mean, it's just not something that a lot of people talk about. I didn't want to, when this first happened 13 years ago, when I was first in the hospital, that's the first thing the GI doctor did is he threw all kinds of medication at me. Try this, try this, try this. And I was like, well, but what's wrong? 
Like, is there something I can change that I'm doing, you know, to help? So I, on my own, went to an allergist and found out that I was allergic to gluten, dairy, corn, and soy. And I came home and I cut all those things out of my diet. And I was like tremendously better. So for 13 years, I've controlled this by diet. Now, there has been ups and downs where, like I said, I was on the biologics and that is when I was at my worst because the arthritis is because of the Crohn's disease because it causes inflammation in your body is what I'm told. So I was diagnosed with arthritis sooner, but I was in and out of the hospital for years. I had my gallbladder taken out when I was like 21 and I'm 44. So I've had issues for a very long time. That's why I choose to do the diet because I don't want to take those drugs. And actually the doctor told me when I was taking the biologics, she said, okay, so you need to make sure like, don't be kissing your kids on the lips and, you know, wash your hands really good. Anytime you go anywhere. Yeah, literally. She said, because, because what it does is it suppresses your immune immune system because Crohn's disease basically eats at my system on the inside. So she said, this is going to suppress your immune system so that, because I have an overactive immune system so that it, it will stop doing this. And I was like, I was miserable. I, it was like, I was so scared to kiss and hug on my own kids. And I was like, what kind of life is that to live? I don't want to live that way. And so I was like, I have to figure something else out because I'm not going to take these drugs anymore because I don't, I don't want to do that. And anytime anyone would get sick, I would always get way worse, even if it was just a runny nose. I mean, so I, I, I was on them and off them for probably maybe 18 months total in my, in like three years. So how do you find, or maybe it's not hard for you to find foods that you have to eat on the road. Like I'm especially thinking of like small towns where it's like, sometimes there's not a lot of high quality foods available. Uh, What have you done in those situations? So I went vegan a year ago um, and that has changed things a lot. Uh, I still eat fish. Uh, but I had found that meats were really bothering me and it's possibly because of what they feed the animals. You know, I know I can't have corn and soy and that's a lot of times what they fill, you know, feed them as fillers. So, um, I basically eat like a very plain, clean diet. Um, so think of like fruits and vegetables all day, um, salads and, um, I do eat potatoes you know, broccoli. Uh, Yesterday I attempted making uh, broccoli and chickpea chicken nuggets. (laughs) I have to figure out the breading though, because I used coconut flour and that didn't go over so well. So I have to figure out something because it says breadcrumbs, but I can't have bread. So I have to figure out the the outside. You can find fruits and vegetables anywhere. Luckily, uh, we stock up on a lot of things like different flowers and different things that I can have. And so when we come across a natural grocers or a whole foods or something, then we have extra. Uh, luckily our motorhome is, has good storage spaces in some different places. And so we stock up on different things. Wow. Where do you get protein from? Like how I'm imagining, like, don't you have to eat like a large quantity of fruits and vegetables to like feel to like, I don't know, get as many calories that you need. So I do eat sheep's cheese and goat's cheese. Those don't bother me. So I'm not, I'm more like plant-based, I guess. Um, but chickpeas, beans, broccoli, uh, all of those things, actually I'll have salmon sometimes, uh, different fish. Those all have protein in them. Um, coconut. I eat a lot of coconut. 
Uh, like for breakfast today, I had chia seed pudding, which was full fat coconut milk and some cacao powder. And there are great nutrients in all three of those things. So, so okay, I want to I want to switch topics a little bit because I really want to get um, I want to pull your wisdom on uh, the homeschooling topic. So, uh, like you were already homeschooling before you hit the road for RV life, and all of your kids are school age now. You seem to really love homeschooling. What is your approach? Talk to us. Like, are you curriculum based? Are you unschoolers? Are you in between? How does it work for you guys? I'm not an unschooler. Um, we use curriculum every day. I believe in reading to your kids and how important it is. My mother-in-law, that's probably some of the best advice I ever got was when I was first pregnant, she said, read to your kids. It's the best gift you can give them. And so all of our kids love to read. I read read alouds to them every day. Um, we it's kind of works really well for us because Ryan comes in, this is his office. And so he comes into his office and he does work. And then I go out into the main living area and do school with the kids. And we use a normal curriculum that I used in our house. I just brought it with us. Like we use uh, Apologia for Bible and for science and they do their math online. Um, All of our kids are now older too. So the twins are seven and Braden's 14 and Bryson's 10. And so it's a lot easier than I first started homeschooling and the twins were into everything. Um, So we do a lot of things. I like curriculum where we can do it together and apologia, gather round. Those are really good so that you can do it together. And then they have their own workbooks and their own curriculum that they can use for their different ages. So I read the same thing that I do to them all at once, you know, usually three or four pages. And then they go off and depending on their age, they do their own in that workbook. I'm going to include the links to those in in the show notes in case anyone wants to look up Apologia and gather around. Um, Because I hadn't heard of- And CTC Math. Okay. So all of you homeschooling moms out there, CTC Math has been a lifesaver. Not kidding. I don't do well at math. Um, I had like Ferris Bueller's day off statistics teacher, (laughs) (laughs) literally. And so I don't love math. I know how to do it, obviously, but CTC math, it does, it gives them a little snippet, like a video that they watch, and then it gives them questions to go along with it and it tracks everything. And so I don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. with math unless they need a little bit of help. And then they can watch the lesson again. And I absolutely love it. So that is high up on my list for recommending to any homeschool mom because it that it's hands off. Yeah. So then that is a time. So Brayden and Bryson are older, so they can go do CTC math. And then that's when I take the twins who are readers, but they're in second grade. So they're still working on phonics and what are nouns and verbs and all of those things. So then I have that quiet time to sit with them and work on those things and strengthen that kind of stuff. So gotcha. highly recommend. Another topic I wanted to bring up with you is about your Christian faith, you know, you're very outspoken about your faith and it seems to be a big part of your family culture. Uh, so I'm curious, what, what has your personal faith journey been? You know, did you grow up in a Christian home or how did you, how did you get to where you are today? My parents didn't go to church. My grandma was a Jehovah's witness. And so that was the only quote unquote, like church that I had ever known, or I think they call it the hall. And, um, it's a little different than it's a lot different than Christianity. So growing up, um, 
I had never gone to church. Um, I had gone with my grandma some. Okay, so my mom was very, um, she always wanted to please my grandma, which was her mom, right? And she was very, I don't know, she would tell me things like, oh, you, you can't wear this shirt, you're too fat. And she was just very like, mean. <laughs> but um, I still, you always want that approval from your parent, right? And that love. And so I started going to church with my grandma because my grandma wanted to, my mom wanted to please my grandma and seeing that I was going to church with her, maybe I could get some brownie points, right? So I started going to church with my grandma at the Jehovah's Witness uh, hall or whatever. And um, it came to that point, I was about 16 by that time. And it came to that point where you're supposed to like decide, I guess, to be part of the church. Um Surprisingly, I don't know a ton about it, even though like that was my grandma's religion. Um, but you had to like come to this time in your life where you had to choose. Did you want to be a part of the church? I don't know if they baptized or not. Maybe it was to get baptized. I don't know. But inside my stomach, I felt so sick. And I knew that like I wasn't supposed to do it. And I was like, oh, I was so torn because I wanted to please my grandma and my mom. But I just felt like nauseous about it. Like, I don't know what to do. So finally I was like, okay, I can't, I, grandma, I'm sorry. I know this is going to hurt your heart and you're going to be mad at me. I can't do this. I'm not supposed to, I don't know why, but I'm not supposed to do it. So, you know, let them down, whatever. Um, but then after that, oh my goodness, Kate, I had like the biggest peace and I was like, oh, okay, well, good. I, I listened to my gut. I wasn't supposed to do that, you know? Okay. So I was about 16. I was about 21. I was going out on a date with one guy and I'd come home and change and go out on a date with a totally different guy and um, dating all kinds of different people and doing all kinds of different things and getting drunk and dancing on the top of bars. And I didn't know any better. And I was seeking to find happiness and peace. I felt hopeless. I felt like everything was on my shoulders. I was working um, downtown and just trying to make things work, um, trying to find peace and happiness and joy. And it wasn't working. So I worked with this guy who could have been my dad and he had this glow and this peace all the time. And I couldn't explain it. And I was so drawn to him, but I didn't know why. And, um, I kept asking him, I was like, like, why are you so happy? You know, like, I'm not happy like you are, you know, and I had a really good job. I was working downtown, making good money at, you know, 21 years old. And, uh, he said, all you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, that's all you have to do. At the time I went home and literally for a week, I said that sentence over and over and over. Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I didn't know why I was saying that. I didn't know anything. I'd never gone to church or my parent. no one in my family were Christians or believers in God. And so I kept saying over and over. And then one day, it is the craziest thing ever. I literally woke up and felt like a new person. I literally woke up and felt like I was 30 pounds lighter. I had peace. I had an inner joy that I couldn't explain. I felt like a new person. For the first time ever, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Everyone accepted it. It was, it was, it was just, it was fine. You, you know, it was a guy that I liked. And so we lived together and it was no big deal, you know? And so for the first time though, I saw that that wasn't God's design 
for it. And so that like completely changed my life. Um, I was like 21 and I remember, so I will tell you that I always tell people like the chains of sin are rough. It's literally like a ball and chain because I'd lived this life all up to here. And so I would go out to the bars and I would get drunk and go home with a different guy. And the next day I would wake up, I would come home, I would be bawling and on my knees asking Jesus to forgive me for my sin again and again and again, every time he would, because he's so good. But it was like, I couldn't break free from that sin and that bondage. I couldn't get free from it. And so that literally went on for like a year where I just, same thing, I would sin and do something I knew I wasn't supposed to do. And then I would ask for forgiveness. And then Thursday would come and do it again. Friday would come. And so finally, one day, my girlfriend said, Tiff, I'm tired of living in the gray. And it was, I struggled because I'm a very black and white person. I don't sit on the fence. I'm either on the right or the left. And so I was sitting on the fence and I was dabbling in both sides and I was just a wreck inside. And she said, Tiff, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just be all in and go to church and be done. And I said, okay. So at that moment, I rededicated my life and I said, okay, Jesus, this time I'm asking you into my heart, please forgive me for my sins and I'm done. I'm not going to be drinking and dancing on bars and you know, being with other guys and all those things, I'm all done. And then, um, and I did, and I haven't looked back and I was probably 22 or 23 years old and I have lived my life for Jesus ever since. For you, you had like this intensely personal, like it was so clear, like- I'm doing these things that are just not helping me at all and just making my life worse, even though I'm trying to pursue peace and happiness, you know, and that was just like a clear, like, I feel so much better now that I'm connected to God, you know, and your kids that have grown up in a Christian home and haven't had kind of those dark experiences. How do you find yourself talking to them about, you know, I don't, I don't know what I would say, like salvation, I guess, because they don't have like that black and white um, to compare it to, you know? I haven't told them all of those things that I just told you, um, but they know that mommy didn't always know Jesus. They know things about their grandma. Um, I've been honest with them um, in the last couple of years about the truth about grandma and um, things that she did and um, my upbringing. So I feel like they know uh, a lot of that. And one of the things that I love about the curriculum that we use, Apologia, is one of the things that we use, it's called biblical worldview. And it's really good about talking about different religions and what people believe. And so what it is, and then it'll ask you, okay, why do you believe what you believe? And what is it that is different? And seeing three things through biblical glasses, through God's eyes. Um, so we talk about all kinds of things, you know, um, Buddhism and all of those things, because I don't want our kids to be blind and I don't want them to just be in this Christian bubble, so to say, you know, I want them to know that we live in a broken, sinful world and we all need Jesus. Uh, Brody and I just this morning, were talking about repenting and every day. And he's like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, 
that means that every single day we're going to sin. We're going to fall short every single day. But what that means is, is when we do, then we say, you know what, God, I'm so sorry that I yelled at my sister and hit her when she took my toy. Will you please forgive me? And he does. And then that's recognizing our sin and then asking for forgiveness for it. Now, he already has. All of my kids, us, we've all asked Jesus into our hearts and asked him to forgive us for all of our sins. So we're covered by that. But I was just trying to teach him like, okay, but then we still need to make sure that we're not repeating these things of hitting sissy when, you know, she takes your toy or whatever, that that's not how God has designed or asked us to live. Basically, like, even though they haven't had such a drastic background as you have, like every day there's things that come up. For all of us, you know, like, like, ooh, what I just said didn't quite, you know, make me feel good or how I responded to my sibling could have done that better. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like a, <laughs> an everyday, like, okay, like there, there's kind of this, um, I don't even know the right word for it. Whenever you know you've done something wrong and the, the like gut check that's like, ooh, I need to go apologize for that. Teaching your kids how to recognize that and then go, you know, ask for forgiveness and all that stuff. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Because I mean, and, I, and even forgiving yourself, yeah. you know, just having, having that self-awareness and it's powerful stuff. And that is one of the harder things as a mom that I have promised myself that I will do is that because I still screw up and I screw up with them or, you know, mommy shouldn't have snapped at you. I'm sorry, but I will take ownership. And we talk about this all the time in our family. It's okay that we did something. We're all going to make mistakes every single day. We're going to make mistakes. It's okay, but take ownership for it and then ask for forgiveness for it. So if I snap at Braden for something, then I come back and I say, you know what? I should not have responded to you that way. I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? And I think that by living that out to hopefully living by example, leading by example, that then they will, you know, grow up and do the same. Oh my goodness. This has been so good. Thank you for sharing with me so openly. You are such a gem, Tiffany. Okay. So a couple more questions uh, for you. Okay. When you think back to Tiffany before RV life and all this juicy family time you're having and your husband around all the time, think back to Tiffany then and Tiffany now, what has changed in you? I will tell you that I am completely different because we just came from, where do we just come from? We just came from the Grand Canyon. We were boondocking at the Grand Canyon, which was amazing. We had this gorgeous site and it got cold and it was um, getting colder and it was a little windy. And so we were like, you know, let's, let's just go. Where are we going to go? I don't know. (laughs) So we're like, let's go South. Okay. So we're like, Oh, Lake Havasu. Oh, there's boondocking there. Let's go boondock at Lake Havasu. So we go, Spot A was, you know, eh, it was okay. So then, okay, well, let's drive down the road to spot B. And so we're like, well, yeah, this will do for a night. Sure. So uh, then it was, we were supposed to get 60 mile an hour winds. And we're like, well, we can't do that in an RV. So let's head south. Ryan didn't even put it in the GPS. And he's like, I'm like, where are we going? He's like, I don't know. We're just going to go south. I know that there's boondocking near Quartzsite. Let's just go down there. And I'm like, okay. And I just roll with it. 
because I'm like, it'll all work out. You know, it always does. And that was not me whatsoever to just be like, it'll all work out. Sure. Ryan is very um, easygoing, laid back. He's always been the one that is like, it'll all work out, Tiff. Don't worry about it. And I was always like, yeah, but we have to have a plan. And how do you know it's going to work out? And where are we going? And now it's like, now we both are. So I'm like, is this good or bad? I don't know. We've only been on the road about a year now. And it, we left a campsite for the first time without having a place to stay booked that night. Because we're like, let's just, uh, we'll find a Cracker Barrel or like something. And and we kind of like stopped and we're like, look at us. We're growing. <laughs> and it'll all be fine. <laughs> we'll find a place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a good feeling. And that does happen as you continue to be full-time RVers because our first year when we traveled out West, we had everything booked. We were too scared to even try a, um, there was, I remember we were at Custard State Park and it was gorgeous. And the lady was like, yeah, there's first come first serve. And we were like, well, what if we don't get a spot? What are we going to do? No, we'll, we'll book something. And so now we're like, we could go. Sure. If it doesn't work out, there's another place. You know? Okay. The slogan for this show is a podcast about unexpected riches. So I would love to hear for you, what is the unexpected richness of RV life? Okay. So I never, ever said that one day I want to grow up and live in a trailer down by the river. And here I am. <laughs> and I have t-shirts that say that actually, um, living my best life down by the river. This lifestyle, oh my goodness. So I will tell you that we have been involved in our church and had friends and I've gone to mom's groups. I have more friends now on the road, I think, than I've ever had in my life. Um, We have more friends together as a family than we've ever had in our life. Um, Because I would have friends, you know, other moms, but Ryan would be working and he would be gone. But now together we have more friends than we've ever had. This RV community is beyond what I ever imagined. We actually prayed about that because we were concerned like, okay, how are we going to find other friends? How, like, do people actually do this? And then once we got out and we started RVing, we're like, oh my goodness, so many people, so many like-minded people who want to live outside of the box of what society says are doing this. And so we like, it just opened up so many doors and and it has just been a total unexpected richness of this friends. And I feel like, and I'm sure that you've had people say this before, it's different than in a house. So when we moved from Indiana to Orlando, I didn't know anyone, right? So we went to church and that's where I met people. Um, my neighbor, I did a co-op, you know, different things. And it was always the same thing. Yeah, let's get coffee together. Yeah, we should have you guys over for dinner or something. And in that 18 months that we were there, there was literally like two families that we actually did what we said we were going to do and go out to dinner. Or we actually went to Disney world with one of them, you know, like actually do what we said that we were going to do. Whereas in this lifestyle, you know, that they're going to be moving on. And so if you say you're going to have a campfire, you're going to have a campfire. If you say, Hey, let's go, you know, let's, you bring your meal, I'll bring mine. We'll have dinner together tonight. Let's gather and have dinner together or, you know, whatever it is. I feel like our, my friendships, um, I don't know. They just happen so much faster and we go so deep, so quick. 
as opposed to just the light fluffy. And it's either, it's kind of also like you either like me and you take me or you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. Cause (laughs) there's other people out there, you know? So that is definite, a total richness that I never, ever imagined. And, um, makes me nervous to think about going back to a house and, you know, trying to navigate that again. Maybe it would be good. Maybe when we all do get houses one day, then (laughs) we can be the odd one out and like make things happen. Be like, everyone will come over to my house this Friday. We're having, yes, (laughs) we're having a campfire in the back of our house. You will be there. So welcome. Yeah. And the, the, there's that too. So I think that things are so much more relaxed. You know, I don't have to wake my kids up with an alarm. Nobody sets an alarm and our, you know, Ryan doesn't set an alarm. We wake up when we're rested and which is still usually, you know, six or seven, it's still a normal time to get plenty of things done. And, but it's okay to like sit out and have a campfire on a Tuesday night because we're not running all over the place and, oh, well, we have to do this and have to be here. And, you know, it's different. It's that peace and that peace. And I think that less stress is what helps me to feel better too, honestly, with my Crohn's and my arthritis. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I can see that. And just being outside so much, soaking up the sun, soaking up the natural, all the earth's goodness. I mean, yeah, it's only good for you. I'm sure. Oh, Tiffany, this was so much fun. I love this conversation. Um, Will you share with everyone where they can connect with you online? Yes. So we are the party of six, the number six, and you can find us on all socials. We actually started our YouTube channel when we moved to Florida. So if you look way back, you can see videos from the kids when they were really little going to Disney World and doing homeschool videos. Oh my gosh. So, uh, but Yeah, it's really cute. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share all your juicy stories with us today. And I mean, I'm this is seriously the first time that I have like I almost couldn't keep it together when you were telling that story about the baby. So you got me. You got me on that one. Oh thank you for being here, Tiffany. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Okay. I will see you on the Thanks so much, Kate. You're welcome. All right, my friends, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for being an awesome part of the RV Queens community. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And if you want to have more conversations like this, you can head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and find your RV Queens circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week or hopefully I will see you on the road. Whew really powerful.